Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We don't normally do this, but I just wanted to say welcome to November. And while many of you won't love November the way I do, because, well, quite frankly, based on where you live in the world, according to stats, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite holiday because I get to spend time with my loved ones and the people I care about the most. And even if you can't celebrate or even if you don't celebrate it, you can celebrate Movember. Movember stands for tackling prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men's mental health, and suicide prevention. Uh, and we all have a male in our lives or a man in our lives that we love and want to be around for even longer. So uh, do what you can to help raise awareness and support Movember. The Ugly Inside has done this for the past couple of years. Uh, you can actually help them support it by going to mobro.co slash the ugly inside. The link is in the show notes. Uh, and by the way, I am growing a mustache for Movember. Uh, I am going to ruin my family pictures. Uh, so hopefully you don't have to. All right. So head over to mobro.co slash the ugly inside and help support. All right. Uh, now let's get to the show. Before we get started with this week's show, just a quick announcement. Yellow Card has partnered with Away Days Football, which makes original and high quality football inspired clothing for the casual looking for something to wear to matches. Use the code YELLOWCARD at checkout to get 15% off your entire order at awaydaysfootball.com. And on a personal note, if you haven't tried the mystery kit yet, um, you should. You won't be disappointed. So uh, go to awaydaysfootball.com, use checkout code YELLOWCARD, and get 15% off your entire order. All right. Thanks for listening. And now, here's the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery P -P -P Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, Shotakizabi! It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0! Blue fast shot! Oh my word! It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And thanks for joining us for episode 150 of the show. It means so much to me that so many of you have been here for so long. And it means just as much to me that so many of you are now joining the show and finding the show for the first time. Um, so thank you to all of you. It wouldn't be possible without you and the guests. And I'll talk a little bit about that 
with Rob Maddox, who joins me this week. You can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse or on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. But um, I don't want to episode 150 is great. Uh, it, it is a, a, a bit of a milestone. It feels good, um, but it's not taking center stage this week. There are other people doing other big things that deserve to be mentioned and none more so than Saints FC fan of Chicago who joined uh, Patreon this week to become the newest Patreon member. Uh, so thank you for that. You and the rest of the $5 a month patrons be on the lookout for a new episode coming to you exclusively uh, before our match against Watford. So thank you so much for that. I do really do appreciate it. And just two quick things before we get into the interview with Rob Maddox. Uh, congratulations to the guys over at the In That Number podcast for hitting episode 50. And the show has evolved so much from day one to now. So if you don't know, Ray and Kevin do a great job of putting together uh, a podcast each and every week uh, dedicated to Saints, just like this one, just like the Total Saints podcast, just like the Saints FC podcast. It's one more podcast that we have. Uh, and it means a lot, I think, to the fans and everybody else. Um, there is a, a little bit of a community between the podcasters that, that is nice, but um, the coverage of the team, I think, is important. And now more so than ever, because we're losing Adam Leach and Adam wrote his final verdict for the Southern Daily Echo. He covered his final match for the Southern Daily Echo. Uh, and the verdict is often the first thing I look for when I get up on a Monday morning. And I'm a little bit sad now that I will not have that from Adam anymore. And I think, uh, as I wrote about in the newsletter uh, last Friday, I think it's it's vitally important that we continue to have somebody to cover the the, the team each and every week that has that access that the Echo has, uh, because I think that now more so than ever, it is very, very uh, kind of important that we hold the team accountable, we hold the club accountable uh, for what we see uh, and what's going on. Uh, both on and off the pitch. So uh, thank you, Adam, for your your dedication over the last 18 years and best of luck to you. Um, and, you know, I guess now we'll keep going forward. And this is the Thanksgiving season. I am very, very thankful to you for listening and supporting the show. It means a ton. Uh, and uh, although uh, in the United States and elsewhere around the world, this Friday is the, the biggest shopping day of the year uh, for many people. Um, but I'll just say this. Look at our record in the transfer window. You can't just expect to spend a lot of money and get something that you really want that that does the job for you. So um, use that as some, as some as a guide, I guess, as you go out and uh, you know spend your hard-earned money. And we'll talk to Rob a little bit about about that as well because uh, he works in retail. So let's get into the rest of the episode, and I will talk to you on the other side. Thanks again for listening to episode 150 of the show. I really do appreciate it. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Rob Maddox. You can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse or on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. Rob, uh, we're talking just a few hours after the close of the Arsenal, or the final whistle, I should say, of the Arsenal match. Uh, a 2-2 draw, and I'll say a disappointing 2-2 draw, I think, uh, based on the way that uh, you know you and I feel right now. But um, yeah, we're recording now because you got to go into work tomorrow because retail at, at Curry's in this time of year, it's a, you got you got to be there. Oh yeah, I mean it's stupidly busy. I mean, do uh, do me a favor, everyone, if you're listening, just go buy online instead of coming to store. <laughs> Please, you'll save me so much. Um, but yeah, it, it feels. I mean, at this point, the game feels more like a defeat than a than a win. Um, but yeah, Matt, I just like to congratulate you on you know your 150th episode. That's uh, something to be proud of. Something to be very proud of, and I, I think the whole community thanks you for that. Oh, well, I I appreciate that very much. It's been. It, it hasn't been a solo effort, even though I'm the only one, you know, officially doing the show because without guests like you and, and everybody else, this would be the, uh, I mean, no, I don't think, 
I don't think I would do it if it was just me. If it was just me talking into a microphone, that's not that's not yeah. why I do this, you know. So this is uh, it it means a lot that I have I haven't had 150 people on here, but I've had a, a lot of well over 100 people join the show, and to to have people contribute and be able to talk about the team, and that's that's really what it's about. So, um, uh, so thank you, I appreciate that, and thanks everybody for, yeah, for listening. Um, thank you. And I was telling telling you beforehand i think in 150 episodes i think it's the first time i've ever double booked uh, the show um I, <laughs> yeah. I forgot to write down i was supposed to have tom on here and i feel i feel really bad so tom i'm sorry uh um, sorry tom it's yeah i not not the way i wanted to wake up this morning but it, it's it's all right uh we'll, we'll get tom on soon so um anyway we, we, we have a couple of things to talk about i'm i mean aside from the match uh there's also you know rumors and links and, and everything else about selling the club or not selling the club. Um, but, uh, I do also want to talk a little bit about Adam Leach leaving the Southern daily echo and, uh, mm. what that means, I think for our coverage of the, of the team. But, um, I mean, for you coming back from the international break, what were, I, I guess, what were your expectations of the, of the club? We, this is the second time we've gotten a draw, I think coming back from the break, I can't remember what happened the first time we came back, yeah. but I know we got a draw against wolves, I think last time. So, uh, I mean, what were you expecting the team to, to show up like? And, and was that lineup, I guess, what you what you wanted to have happen? I mean, I, from looking at the lineup, I don't think it was what anyone expected. Um, to see, I, some people had it down as a 4-4-2, some people had it down as a 4-3-3. I was excited to see Obafemi start, and I thought he played out absolutely out of his skin, but we'll go on to that later. Um, in terms of coming back from the international break, obviously you're going to see with teams that they look a, a lot more fresher, but they've worked on stuff. And I think we needed the break to just kind of reset because I was at the Everton match and the first half, that was the worst first half of football I've ever seen. That is the worst first half of football I've seen in some areas, <laughs> which is saying something um, in recent form. But I mean, we, 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 we go into it, we go into away matches with a lot less pressure. I mean, I was reading today, um, if you take out home, home points and home, home results, um, we're eighth in the league for a, if if only away matches counted, but you can't you can't really expect much going into going into this. Cause we are the worst defense in the league. We've conceded twenty three goals in seven games. And we've lost six of those games. It's ridiculous. Um, it's a hard time, but I think the international break came at a good time for Ralph just to sit down, take a breather, and work with what he's got. Um, you could obviously see today we looked a lot fresher. We were pressing from the start, which is obviously something that he hopes. You know, we can work into defending from the front because we, we kind of need to defend from the front. I mean, our defense is so poor. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think some people were surprised not to see Che Adams feature on the bench. But I don't care that we played, you know, 15, 15 million for him in the summer. We've got players playing better than him at the moment. So yeah. I, don't, I don't see a reason why he should get into the team, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, if he was only getting in because of the price tag, then um, that's not that's not what you deserve to get in. Like you got to earn your spot yeah, and definitely. you really hope that we didn't just miss, you know, with that money. But if we did, we did. And we got to, we got to learn from it. But I think, I think it'll come good eventually, but um, yeah, he, he didn't feature okay, today. Well. So, so that's it. Um, there, there was that one chance late on with, with um, Cedric and Obafemi and maybe, you know, maybe a, a, I don't know, more crafty striker kind of finds a way to finish that. But I, I'm, I'm more going to put that on Cedric when we get there. Um, just teaser <laughs> yeah. for anybody who's listening. Um, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I mean the. I found it a little bit odd that we chose to go with the back four for the first time in a long time away from home um, against a team who was going to line up with two strikers. Um, I found that to be a little bit odd, especially because it made us not match Arsenal's shape 
to start. And I think all of their fans would have been upset that they were going with a back five or a back three um, at home against us. And and so it was a little bit um, weird for, for me to see that. And once again, this is a game where you don't have Oriol Romeo in there. And and I don't, I'm not criticizing uh, the guys who were in there because I thought they played well uh, for the most part today. But I was just, you know, if, if you're if you're looking at a, a top six team and deciding this is the match I'm going to to kind of pull that def- that true true defensive midfielder mm. out, uh, put a more attacking midfielder in, uh, get rid of a center back, like all of a sudden it just seemed like maybe, maybe counterintuitive to what I would have thought would have happened given who we were playing and but. That said, Arsenal have been struggling as well, so um, you know maybe we go attack them. And I think I think overall, uh, you know, if you if you just take out the last couple of minutes, I think we can be fairly happy. And and I think we would have gladly taken all three points. And it feels right now like it's like it's two points dropped, not uh, not a point gained. And that's that's different than I think we normally would feel going to Arsenal. Yeah. And, and uh, we've had some close calls there in in the past. It seems like. Um, I can recall Alexis Sanchez, I think, coming off the bench and, and putting it across to, to uh, I think, take all three points away from us um, late on. Um, you know, well, Giroud, Giroud, yeah, and us at yeah, St. Mary's every, every season. Yeah, it doesn't matter who he plays for, it seems like. Um, and then also, I, I remember back to, to Fraser Forster and that ridiculous game he had where he seemed to save everything, yeah. and that was only a point. But that was a much different feeling uh, walking mm-hmm. out of my buddy's house that day having watched that and then, then I, I see right now doing, uh, with this one. So, um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, to all of that, but, um, mm. I don't know, like lineups there, yeah, it I was, guess it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I guess I'll ask you this, it, looking at that lineup, is there anybody you would have changed beforehand? Is there any, is there any like one, just In- one player swap you would have changed you not changing the formation or anything like that? Pre-game, I think, <sighs> Before before the whistle blew, I mean, when I when I first saw it, I thought, okay, interesting. We were going with a four triple two of Armstrong and Cam, or we're going with a four three three of Pierre being the holding midfielder. Initially, I thought, okay, away from home. Yeah, I, I know we play a lot better away from home, but why have we taken Oriol Romeu, who has probably been our best midfielder this season, out for Stuart Armstrong, who's been in and out of the side? Of course, I know Stu. He's a class player, and loads of fans have been calling him for him to play. And we saw we saw why today. Um, it was just it was just a very interesting lineup to go with. I mean, in terms of the back four, I can't really fault it in the state that we're at. I would like to see Valerie being incorporated a bit more back into the lineup um, because I mean Cedric. I ever since he's come out and said, "Yeah, I'm leaving in the summer." Ever since he's come out and said that, his performances have been woeful, absolutely woeful. He's not looking for. A, if he's playing like this now and he's saying that he's prepared to leave, he's not going to get like a nice, a nice transfer. I reckon he'll just return to some Portuguese side. But I would like to see Jan come through a bit more. Obviously, there's the conversation that defensively Cedric's a bit better, yes. But yeah, what you have to remember is Valerie's only 20 years old, so he needs the experience. And we saw how well he can play last season. He was fantastic towards the end of last season. Um, in terms of the front two, Obafemi and Ings, obviously that's a lot of pace there. I think Ings was kind of, I know he's a number nine, but he kind of played more as the number 10, if that makes sense, trying to use Obafemi's pace. Um, obviously Red is, he's going to start. Prowsey's a weird one. Obviously he scored today. It was kind of a lucky rebound, but, you know, goal's a goal. Um, last couple of weeks he's been 
kind of um, scrutinized a lot by press, by fans. Um, but what kind of surprises me is he can have a bang average game and you know, you'll find that neutrals in the press will just hail him as this set-piece king who deserves to play every game just because he's an academy player. And yeah, he played decent today, but I do think we need to have a look at him and think, okay, he could be playing a bit better. Um, but obviously this is, this is thoughts before the, the fast whistle, before the game has even started. And I think, obviously, I think Raph got the tactics bang on today. Um, I mean, the, the shape that we did go with with the 4-3-3, because when they were playing three at the back, the wingers were really, really useful in terms of stretching them. You could obviously see that when they had three at the back, Louise playing on the left side did not want to come up against Obafemi um, in terms of Obafemi's pace. Um, Obafemi rounded him a couple of times. And then uh, for the rest of the match, you could see uh, that Louise backed off uh, because obviously he's a clumsy player. Uh, but it was, it was interesting how we integrated everyone. McCarthy, yeah, he's fine to start. He was, he was excellent today. But, I mean, before the whistle, I saw a couple of fans, you know, thinking, you know, what's going on? Ralph, you know, uh, he's integrated a few different interesting players there. But he's obviously seen some stuff in some people over the international break, and it worked. I mean, it was a, we played very, very well, if not the best we've played this season so far. Yeah, I, sometimes I, I wonder if some of the guys going on international break will miss that first game back just because you've had the chance to work with. Um, maybe a center back yeah. pairing over the course of the of the the ten days or whatever it is, um, that the guys have been around and been together. But at the same time, like you know, Vednerak has been under Hasenhutl. He's I think he's I think he started every game, every every Premier League game, and I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to change. It was a little bit interesting to see him come over to the left so Stevens can play on the right. But um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything about yeah. that. Although McCarthy did, I think. Well, no, the ball, the ball took Bednarak out, and then uh, McCarthy took uh, Stevens out. It's like yeah, he punched him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, reminiscent of Swansea away a couple of uh, yeah, seasons oh, ago for Bednarak. So, um, anyway, um, so I mean, to, to start to start the match, it, it, I mean, Armstrong had to go right away, right? Like that that shot mm. was wide, but we it was we, what we yeah, we needed to see that. Yeah, it pressed up energy, um, you know, having taking a chance and just seeing kind of kind of what goes on. But it, it seemed like through the first seven to 10 minutes, like nobody really had a foothold. It seemed like the ball was kind of bouncing around a lot. There were a lot of, you know, uh, clumsy kind of like people would string three or four passes together before making a, an errant one. It was going back the other way. And I, oh. I thought the game was pretty, pretty open for the most part and, and fairly enjoyable to watch just if you were just going to sit back and watch the game kind of, kind of flow back and forth. But um, I mean, what was the first, I guess, real moment that that stood out to you in terms of uh, uh, of the team and maybe what they were, maybe what Hasenhutl was trying to do, or maybe some improvements over Everton, which is basically, I guess, everything because that game was, like you said, ter- terrible. Hmm. I mean, in terms of um, from the first whistle, you could you could see it. Obviously, Danny Ings would run through brick walls for Southampton. He loves the club so much, and yeah, we love him for that. Um, but it was when I saw um, us starting to press the back the back three really. Um, we were chasing balls, trying to intercept. As you said, it was quite a slow start game. So in terms of someone getting a foothold, obviously the pace was fast, but um, players couldn't really string passes together. And I feel like um, when, when we first started, it was obvious that we'd worked on press. I mean, you could see, uh, I remember when Ralph was speaking a couple of days ago, he was speaking about pressing triggers. And uh, you could definitely see from passing forward to a long ball from Stevens or whatever, we were pressing the back three as much as we could and that 
reminded me an awful lot of when we played Arsenal on our first Ralph's home first home match last season. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the videos of uh, Armstrong pressing against Bellerin when we saw that again today. It was really good to see that you know RB Southampton may may or not be um, but finally finally got that charisma back. Obviously, it's only one game. We'll see how that goes. But it was a very very scrappy start to the game with lots of cheap fouls. Obviously, you saw Ingsy's yellow card. Don't know why he left a leg in. Um, but I felt I felt like the midfielders were very eager to shoot today. Whether that was because of what happened at Man City and Prassy's goal, you know, when Armstrong shot on the greasy surface and Edison scored it. Um, but what you said about Armstrong, you know, Pierre had a go, Prousey had a go from even the halfway line, which was strange to see. Um, but yeah, it was a very scrappy start. Um, I thought we looked good in terms of our shape, looked very good. We'll get onto our shape later on defensively, but overall it was, it was a good start. And we, and we definitely started on the front foot, as you would to hope, away from home. Yeah, yeah. I guess now the, the, the first real moment that comes up is, is Ings' goal. And, um, you know, Arsenal were appealing for, I, I don't know if it was a foul elsewhere, but, but we get the, the foul. Bertrand is alert enough to put the ball down, and they kept replaying it on, on the American feed. The ball was, was moving slightly as Bertrand took it. But I think that just that couple of moments there for Bertrand to see Ings for to play it quickly to and for Ings to be alert enough to just turn and I mean he obviously wasn't expecting it but his reaction is 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 fast enough or quick enough for him to turn and just run and then you know get a little bit of luck to get it off the inside of the post just enough to put it in the into the net but I mean that's the type of goal that I would normally see other people score against us and so for us to to be able to turn that around and and go up on Arsenal like that and take advantage of their kind of vulnerability, right? Like that that meant a, a lot to me, and I think that changed how I felt about um, how I thought the match was going to go because I was not overly confident um, going into the match. Just for some reason, I didn't quite feel like like we were going to be uh, to be able to do it because we hadn't been, you know. You look at what we did in Everton; it just wasn't it wasn't good enough. So um, to see that from the team early on, I thought was uh, was a big plus. And then I was just hoping we could uh, you know continue to carry on. And we didn't, to, to our credit, we didn't just sit back after that. We kind of kept in it and kept after it. And I thought that was good. Yeah, I mean, the goal, the goal, the goal was a good it was a good one to see um, for Bertrand to have you know, the initiative to do that. Um, obviously, we were lucky that Louise was called lacking, um, but I really liked Ingsy's confidence because. Uh, when, when the ball first gets released to him, he gets his head up, he sees all the family, but then he also sees, I think it was Bellerin or Tierney coming in. Uh, oh, he's obviously going to intercept that. Yeah. So I really like his confidence in front of goal at the moment. What is he, eight eight, uh, eight goals in seven games or something ridiculous? I think he's positive at the moment. Um, but he is, he, is, he is the striker we need. Um, and he's the striker that, that we paid for. I mean, 20 million, we're, we're paying for a good striker here. Um, yeah, I thought after the goal, we... we we normally sit back, I mean, especially at home, we normally sit back quite deep, you know, try and try and do what we do against Man City and just launch balls out of our box, just intercept everything, no press at all. But we did, we kept him on the front foot. I think he could have had another one with that shot from outside the box. I think it had a little bubble, flew over the bar. But it really, you really could see us scaring Arsenal's defence. Um, obviously, they're not the best defensive side in the league, but they're still a top, an established top six club. So that was really good to see. But we need to bring this energy into home games. Honestly, if we if we play today like if if we play like we did today against the likes of Norwich, 
Watford, teams that we can really break down and exploit their weaknesses, then I think we should be fine for Christmas. I mean, we've got we've got the the squad depth in front of in in terms of forward players to do that. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was it was it was good to see uh, the Bertrand to, to do that because he it shows that he's alert. Normally, we would just let Ward Prowse swing a ball in and then no one get their head to it and it just ends up as a goal kick. But he he thought, yeah, screw it, let's get Ingsy in, and it paid off. It's just I think the my biggest worry right now is consistency. Like we yeah. have seen us play the way we did against Everton, um, and I think we've seen that more often than we would have liked, even though Everton was, I think, an extreme example. We've seen then us play the way we did today for, for the majority of the match. I think that's actually probably the norm is we play pretty decently for, for a lot of the match. And then there's just a few moments where we can't hold it together, whether it's concentration or whatever it is. And and we allow other teams to, to, you know, the, the opportunity to, to, to take, take something back from us. So, I think going forward against Watford, we just have to come out and realize like it's not about what they are going to do. We we need to just impose ourselves on that. Um, same thing at Norwich or with Norwich, and then and then away to Newcastle, where that seems to be a, a terrible place for us to go recently. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, you know mm, we go in there and do yeah. okay there, but uh, we will we will have to wait and and see how that kind of unfolds. But um, anyway, Arsenal come back. Uh, I guess out of nowhere kind of and come in for, yeah, for, for their goal. Right. Um, Tierney with the, uh, the cross, the shot from, uh, Yang is blocked. Um, but then Lacazette is allowed to collect, um, the rebound and, and ties the game. And, and that's what a striker of that quality is going to do. You know, like between Aubameyang and Lacazette, you have to mark them. And Aubameyang was too open. Um, uh, Bertrand did enough to, to get, I think get the block in, but, then nobody's tight enough to, to Lacazette and we allow him to bring the ball down and, and, and shoot. So I think is that, I mean, because the cross came in and, and it went across and it's a rebound, are we, are we now going to be critical of, of people not being tight enough to, to Lacazette or is that, is that too harsh on, on players who are kind of scrambling back and just trying to get in the way of a shot, I guess. Well, I mean, players scrambling back. I mean, ideally you don't have that situation. Uh, if you look at the first goal, when the ball gets played through, um, on the inside of Cedric to Tierney, who crosses it in. If you have a look at our defensive line, we are all over the shop. Mm-hmm. You've got, I, I think it's uh, Stevens trying to clear it, but he's he's on the edge of our six-yard box on the right corner. I'm not sure why, because there's no runners there. What that leaves is Bednarek caught with Bertrand with Bellerin behind Bednarek, and Bednarek with Aubameyang. So what that really does give you is lots of space for Lacazette to you know, try something. Um of course, Bertrand does very well with the with the block. But the run is coming in. I mean, obviously, we need... That's why you would have two CDMs. I'm not saying we should have played that way, but that's why you would have, have a CDM to track the runners coming in. It's very, very similar to the goal that we conceded against him last season, their first goal. Um, he, Bamiang, um, Lacazette got behind uh, our defense way too easy, and he had he had so much time to bring that down and, and fire it. it. It wasn't... It wasn't great. Uh, if you look at Steven's awareness, you'll see him press, trying to press on him, trying to get the block in, but he should have been there in the first place. Simple as that. He, he wasn't marking anyone. Um, there's no need to mark the post in that situation, especially after Bertrand blocked it, so I'm not sure what he was doing. I thought overall, Steven's had an okay game, but his spatial awareness wasn't good enough. He wasn't, he wasn't aware of who was around him. We saw that with um, in the second half with Pepe, when Pepe was through on goal. I think Ozil passed it to Pepe, 
you see Stevens side by side with Pepe, at that point you don't go running at, at Ozil because you know it's Ozil, he's going to knock you off. Right. And that's what he does. He just completely sprints it and takes four or five steps, sprints it in. That just allows Ozil just to curl the ball inside him and then Pepe's in. Thank God he didn't finish, but it was, I, I, I thought, I thought Stevens just needs to step up in that department um, in, his, in his defensive awareness, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that's just one of those things where we we can see. I guess I guess for me, looking at Stevens, he came in against City and had a decent performance. Had a, uh, I think, a really good performance against City. Yeah, he played uh, very well in, in the league in the league game. Um, and then, you know, he kind of I guess continued that. I, I guess he was okay, but uh, I, I think that he's just fine directing traffic and, and kind of being the guy in the middle of a three, uh, he's good on the ball, which I think is why you have him in that position. Um, yeah, so is, either, either kind of backs to the wall, organizing, just clearing with headers or whatever, fine. Um, on the ball with space, fine. Um, it's that in between kind of, you know, in the scramble in the, in the heat of the moment where it's just kind of instinct and reaction, it's where he's not so good. And, and it seems like that's where, he was exposed twice. He made that mistake to come for to Ozil and Bednarak was able to get back and kind of block Pepe's cross, even though I think uh, Pepe should have just gone forward himself. I think he probably scores there, but um, you know, Bednarak is, is there to cover for him. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of making that mistake as well. Uh, I did it a bunch of times today. I got yelled at a bunch (laughs) um, and I'm playing, you know, not professional level uh, football by any means, but um, you know, it's just one of those things where guys are going to make mistakes and you have to just hope we, we kind of cover for it, although um, I think I think the Arsenal back uh, center backs played made made plenty of uh, mistakes as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and Glenn oh. Delacour will be happy that uh, you know Callum Chambers only played half the half the match um, <laughs> <laughs> because that's what he gets for going to Arsenal. So um, anyway, I, overall, I was I was pretty happy with with how the first half went. I thought that us playing with. Um, you know, I thought we were pressing well. I thought we were we were making life difficult for for Arsenal, and uh, I think that was exactly what we would have wanted to do. Um, I thought I thought they looked pretty bad uh, for a lot they of it. Um, yeah. Other than other than Ozil, I think Ozil, I think watching Ozil is 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 great because he is. I don't know. I, I enjoy watching Ozil. I don't care if he's playing for Arsenal or against us. I'd rather he not play against us. But um, you know, yeah, just, he was he was he was fantastic today. Has to be said. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else in the in the first half, but mm. I think I mean, that, well, that was just a lot of bookings. It was very slow start. Yeah, a lot of tactical fouls. Um, it was an in, it was an interesting start. I mean, I think it was ideal for us to rattle them in the first half. I think we did that very well. Um, make them uncomfortable because obviously that's the one thing you want to do when you're playing away from home is make the home feel home team feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, and we did that by going up one 0 early, putting in all these tackles kind of shoving them around and really going at them. So first half, I'd say probably the best we've played all season, which is weird to say that seeing as we're mainly a second half team. But, yeah. Well, yeah. and I mean, we go into halftime having had 10 shots, only two on target, but 10 shots. And that's, that's us at least trying to create chances, even if we're not finishing them well. And that's, I think we'll take that, you know, um, mm, pl- plenty of tackles, uh, plenty of breaking up their play. They only, uh, you know, they had 82% passing accuracy. I've, I've seen Arsenal have a lot better than that. Um, from, mm. from time to time and I would expect more from them but um, I think that goes down to us making it uh, uncomfortable for them and 
once again, we committed more fouls, but they are going to get wind up with more yellow cards for one reason or another. And I think that goes down to when we're choosing to foul, when the that, the pressing triggers that are there. And if, um, you know, you if you I think if you foul people at the right time in the right way, you kind of get away with it a little bit. And yeah, and and we did that. So, um, Arsenal made a change coming out of halftime. Um, they pull Chambers off. They put Pepe on. Uh, they changed their shape a little bit, and they have that that two on one kind of right away, which is what we were talking about with um, with Stevens kind of making that mistake toward, stepping towards Ozo there. Um, I mean, they they Arsenal looked like they had a little bit of something else in coming out of halftime, um, but we were right back in it. You know that 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 interception kind of happens and we go right down the other end and, and yeah. Redmond's down there and forces a save from, from Leno. Um, and then we go right down the other end again and Pepe goes close again uh, into the ground off the bar and um, Obafemi picks up, a, it gets fouled in the aftermath and it just seemed like we were going to go end to end and kind of, you know, be engaged, be ready because God knows what's going to happen over the, over the course <laughs> of the next 45 minutes. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy start to the second half. I mean, um, you wouldn't expect Pepe to score that. I I didn't think he had any right getting as close as he did. He did very well. Um, the bicycle kick into the floor. Um, I thought chances in the second half, uh, in terms of us, I thought we had, obviously we had some very good chances later on. But um, earlier on, I thought Redmond was right to test the keeper. Uh, I thought our link-up play was nice. I thought we had good press from the midfield and upwards. I thought we were linking passes together using Dennings instead of more as a getting behind striker, I think we were using him more as a link-up play to bring the midfield and the wingers in, into it and a bit better. Um, see him playing more of his back against the goal, which is, I mean, in terms of Ingsy, he can do both because he's strong enough to do that and he's he's got the passing. We've seen how good his passing is. It's very, very good. But he's also got the pace to get behind. So it's, it's nice that we can use him in that way. Um, I thought McCarthy did some very good saves. Obviously, Bamiang had that really good um, opportunity. Um, and that, from McCarthy was a phenomenal save. Phenomenal save. I thought he, I, th- I thought McCarthy had an excellent game. Really, really, really good match. Um, he obviously had the Abamyang save, and then he also obviously had the uh, Willock header that he saved very comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in terms of, in terms of defensively, again, I'll go back to Cedric. I thought he was poor once again. Uh, he just looked very beatable down that side. Um. Yeah, I thought overall link-up play was good. We were playing more as a team. Obviously, Arsenal were going to come at us in the first 10 minutes, but we held our depth really nicely, and we, hold our, we held our structure, which was something really good to see. We saw the defence kind of moving back a bit, getting behind the ball, but then pressing in the right moments to turn it into a 2-1-1. Um, obviously, you have Arsenal's 2-1-1, which, which you touched on. Again, Fed directed very well there. That should have, Arsenal should have been 2-1 up at that point, so I think we got lucky there. Uh, game gets a lot more intense. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very, all the way through, it was a very, very scrappy game. And then obviously, obviously we get onto the big moment of Will Prowse's penalty. Was it a penalty? That's up, that's up, that's up for discussion. I'd say yes, it was. Obviously I would. But uh, yeah, I thought, I thought he, the penalty itself was poor. Good save from Leno, but poor penalty. But he, he tucked it in and, and, we're, and we're bouncing again. I got a lot of text messages about that penalty uh, from people yeah. here going, that's not, that's never a penalty. And then, um, it, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I, I, it was pretty soft, but yeah, but, oh, it was extremely soft. Yeah. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised. I mean, 
I guess it's one of those things again, where if it goes, if it, if it doesn't get called, VAR's never overturning that either way. You know, it, 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 that call is going to stand. But that was, that was off. But Tierney did did impede his run. He did pull him back a little bit. And whether Ings is looking for it and drawing that, uh, I think that that goes to to part of his game that he's pretty good at. Is um, he's very intelligent. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's that's what sets him apart from some of these other guys who were just super quick and kind of clumsy. You know, you look, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to speak ill of, of Obafemi, but you look at him running in there like that, like he may yeah. very well trip, trip up or get tripped and, and that's never going to happen. But uh, the way Ings does it, he gets the foul. Um, unfortunately for, for Ward Browse, that, that penalty was pretty poor. Um, but uh, yeah. you better from him. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, he talks away the rebound. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll call it good. Uh, and, and from there it's, the I think the fans around Arsenal they are not they were not happy they were not happy at all I think they got booed off at halftime um, yeah and then they were not really even I don't think I don't think their fans were were behind them really that much I think they were pretty upset with how things are going and it's not just today it's it's all season um, I think they only have two clean sheets all season that's not what you would expect from from them um, no. especially Definitely I mean not. you know nobody wants Unai Emery there and that's that's okay. Uh, you know, Pochettino's open now. So uh, <laughs> I think that would be, you know, I, th- I think all the Arsenal fans celebrated when uh, Mourinho went to, to Spurs. Um, I have Arsenal supporting friends and they are, they are very happy about that because that means he can't go to Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that's it. But um, yeah, I thought like you mentioned the, the game being pretty scrappy. It's, there seem to be tackles going in everywhere and, you know, from this point, it's just like, like, can we just hold out? You know, we're up to one. Uh, there's 20 minutes left. Can we do it? And and I'm I'm kind of looking at the shots on target, our shots period here. Um, I think we outshot Arsenal uh, from the time that we were ahead uh, at two one to the end of the match. And that's that's something where you would not expect us to to do that. You would expect us to sit super deep. Um, and we didn't. We made we made subs that uh, try to try to put Arsenal on the back foot. And we spent most of uh, the stoppage time, most of the the last twenty minutes or so, uh, in their half, and I thought that was that was that was better from our team, even though the the final score doesn't bear that out. Yeah, I mean, there's always the case of can we hold on, and the answer is always no, we can. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless unless obviously the Swansea match, but uh, yeah, it was it was a painful watch. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see I was kind of freaking out, mm-hmm. just panic tweeting constantly. I mean, after they scored. I felt the exact same today as I did when we played Everton in when when Mark Hughes was here in the seventeen eighteen when Tom Davies popped up in the ninety plus six. That's the feeling I got, oh, yeah, and yeah. it was painful. That felt at that point it felt more of a loss because obviously you just we missed what Jennifer misses, Buffal misses, uh, Jennifer misses again. Um, we have all this possession, we have all this opportunity. Hoiberg for some reason goes on this crazy run and decides to shoot. When he's got options left and right, and we could have taken him to the corner at this point. And you think, you, it's, it's times like this where hindsight is such a great thing in football, where you just turn around and think, what if, what if we just brought him to the corner? I, I think Shane and Will Prowse tried to do that, but it was horrible. It was a horrible feeling, and the defending was poor. It reminded me of the Walker goal, you know, the Man City in the, in the Man City game. Uh-huh. Reminded me an awful, awful lot of that. Um, Seven minutes out of time, obviously, Bednarek, Bednarek goes down, and then Stevens gets punched in the head, which is, you know, interesting. Um, 
oh, just yeah, I was I was speechless. I was angry, disappointed, frustrated. But hey, we would have taken a point before the game anyway. But it's the way it's the way that we drew. Just, yeah, we should we should have been three one four one up. And that's horrible. Yeah, I, I think that's the most disappointing thing is we had opportunities. We we did the the appropriate thing in that we stayed out of our own half. You know, we didn't just sit back and try to absorb pressure. We went forward. We attacked. Mm-hmm. We we created opportunities to put the game away, not just see it out, but put it away. And that's a big difference, you know. Yeah, and massive. and I think that that shows where it's at. But then you just see the kind of lack of whether it's lack of confidence, whether it's lack of quality, just, you know, um, I think that's what hurts because we were so close to, to just driving the nail, the, the final nail in the coffin for Arsenal. And, and potentially, I think I tweeted going into the stoppage time, like Una Emery has seven minutes left in his Arsenal managerial career. And I should probably <laughs> delete that <laughs> yeah, based I on what happened. But I mean, that's, that's really what it felt like. Arsenal didn't look like they had an answer. And, and for us, I think that's, that speaks volumes because we haven't had that yet. And you go from the first half of, of the Everton match where uh, Hassan was literally standing on the touchline yelling at people to press and we're not pressing to uh, jump to the last t- 17 minutes of this match, uh, stoppage time included, where we are going forward and, and applying all the pressure where you would expect us just to kind of hang back and, and, and be just under siege basically. And, mm. and, you know, it's just, it's super disappointing because you just, I always wonder, you know, when you do this, when you play in this manner, in this style that requires the guys to do all of this running and put forth all of this effort, and then you fall short time and time again, like at this point, does, does that make the guys go like, look, we shouldn't do this. We should just sit back because the results are the same. And it's a lot easier to just sit back and, and head balls and yeah, clear them, but- you know? Um, if, if that if if they were to do that, the the fan base would get on their backs so fast. Yeah, well, It'd and, be ridiculous. And it, it kind of makes me wonder if that's why Romeo wasn't in the lineup today. Like, I think he was one of the guys who he, mm. they were yelling at him to press up last time. And and I don't want to start rumors or anything like that, but it's just I'm trying to to, to put it all together. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know who tweeted this or put it out there or whatever, but um, basically they said it was a list of all Danny Ings Premier League goals and the fact that we haven't won. Mm any of those matches. Um, I'd like to say, well, we would have lost more of those matches had this not happened. So, or had he not scored those goals. So I'm still going to take Danny Ings in our squad each and every week. Um, But we got, we got quite a few questions and we should, we should try to to, to move through them because the the match is there. Uh, Obviously going forward, Watford's important. Norwich is important. Uh, We have matches to win. I, I, I guess I'll ask you this before we move on. If we play mm-hmm. in that manner uh, next week, if we just go out and, and do as we did today, um, will that be good enough, you think? Oh, yeah. So, if, for example, Watford. But in terms of, obviously, what we've seen, um, defensively, very, very poor. They're relying on Craig Cathcart at the back, which, you know, anyone who knows him knows it's not, not the best. And obviously, Daryl Yanmat, yes, he's a Premier League vet, but... I think if we play like that, intensity, really coming at them. If we play with no pressure on our shoulders, yeah, we'll take the three points. I'm pretty sure. Um, but then again, it's football. Anything can happen. Um, but the manner, it, I, 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 I hate to say it, but it is such a six-point match. These next matches we got coming up, 
I saw Carl say um, earlier, if we can win both these matches, we'll, we'll jump out of the, the bottom three very fast if we play like we did today. Yeah. And I can't help but agree, because the chances we created, nine times out of ten, we put those away. It's just a dot. It's just Cedric's probably not got half a brain yeah. uh, to put that one on the full four of the Femi. So, yeah. yeah I mean, that I, is, that is I, one of If we things. play like that, if yeah. we play like that, then, yeah, definitely. But that's the thing. It's a big if. If we have the energy... If we keep up the intensity, obviously our home form. We haven't. I can't believe we haven't got a home win yet. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But let's just let's just pray. Let's just pray we play like that. I think that's that's all we can do now as fans is just pray. Yeah. That's all we got. Well, I mean, we we created the opportunities today. We put ourselves in the positions, and then, and I I mean, any other two players, I think, in that position, and the ball is slid on the floor and and yeah. slotted in. You know, and, no and that's that's over. The game is over. I think Arsenal deflates after that. Everybody leaves the stadium. And that's a dub. That's yeah, a dub. absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I guess as much as it, it hurts to watch that over and talk about it again, the, the fact that it was there to, for us to win is so much more than we can say about so many of the matches we've had this year, you know, where, mm. and, and, and so we'll go with that. Uh, I, not, not, not to be the bearer of bad news, but Norwich won today two nothing in Everton. Um, so that's fantastic. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So, uh, brilliant. Uh, yeah. Uh, on to the on to the questions before we cry. Um, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> all right. So we have some from the patrons. I put the questions out to them a little bit earlier uh, because one of the perks that they get is they get priority for having their questions answered on the show. So we have one from Mike Binks here, uh, and in addition to saying congratulations for uh, you know the 150 episodes, I appreciate that, Mike. Um, he says we have a lot of average central defenders. Uh, each one seems to hit a run of form from now now and then, um, followed by a, a general decline. If you could keep only two of them and stick with that lineup through thick and thin, who would it be? Uh, which two have the potential or current ability to get us out of our situation uh, of nearly every attack resulting in a goal? Um, he says, P.S., I have one of the We March On scarves that were handed yeah, yes, before yeah. the Everton match, if you fancy it. Um, it's haunted by the terrible display from it. From it so I'm not <laughs> sure. Yeah, I just want to get rid of it. Is what he said. So um, I saw the game launch for the pitch. Oh man, it was, it was um, ridiculous. You know, <laughs> other than the fact that, well, see, I, I mean, the school I teach at is also the Saints. It's hard, but uh, Mike, I will get back to you on that. Um, but if you can only pick two center backs so to from here yeah. and say, you know, barring injury, here to mm. the rest of the season, there are your center backs in a in a in a back four. Uh, who would you go with from from now until um, the end of the season? That's a that's a great question because <laughs> the setup actually got perhaps dreadful. Um, <laughs> I would say obviously number one Bednarek. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's not great, but you can't drop him. <laughs> um, for me, Yoshida. <laughs> I mean, it kind of has, just has to be. He's a very he's not you know the best player, but in terms of what he does and the passion he shows, he's very good. You look at Vestergaard, he's Accident prone. Yes, he's six foot six and has a great, great hair. But you know, you can you can expect to start in every match. Um, same with Stevens. I mean, yeah, he's hit form now, but let's be real, he's not a great player. Um, I mean, you probably heard me rant about it if you listen to the, the full podcast. But for me, yeah, Yoshida. Obviously, we got Danso, but we've only ever seen him play once in centre back, and he was yes, it was against Fulham, but he played well. I really. I've been banging on about this. I want to see Danso play in either a back five or a back four. I just want to chuck him in just for a game and just see how he goes because I think he could be the key. If he's solid, he could be the key. 
But for me, if I had to choose one on proven record, definitely Yoshida and Bethany. Um Yoshida's a club man. He's, he'd, he'd die for this club, I'm pretty sure. I love him. He loves me. Shout out to um, the guy tweeting Yoshida every day and a photo of him until he follows him back on Twitter. I said that happens soon. Um, but yeah, definitely Yoshida. Um, well, I, definitely Benderak for me. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm not, I mean, that, the other ones, I'm not sure. I mean, sure, like you said, Stevens hit form now, looked decent lately. Um, but I think we've, we've all kind of seen the best of what he can offer. And I don't, I'm not sure that's, that's good enough. Um, mm. I would be content with having Yoshida on the bench every week in case yeah. something happened. Like, if, and so I'm going to cheat um, <laughs> to do this because <laughs> I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to put out a back four of um, Valerie, Bednarak, Danzo, and Bertrand the rest of the season, I think, yeah. and just let it happen. And although I'm not sure, because we haven't seen Danzo do it enough, you know, like we, Vestergaard also looked really good in the Bundesliga. Danzo looked decent in the Bundesliga. So you don't really know, like, if, Bundesliga, yeah. if, it tran- if it translates, right? So, like, but mm. I would. I, I just based on his age and that's a, that's a center back pairing we could have for several years to come if we keep it all together. So I think Definitely. for that reason alone, I just say, go with it and just let them develop together. Let them learn. Um, and I think that way you have Benrack on the right, Danzo on the left and, and, and you just, you just go with it. I think that's, that's what I would do if I could have you on the bench bar for, for an injury. So that, that would be, uh, where I'm be at. ideal. Yeah. Um, Christian Candler asks uh, on Twitter, why can't we hold on to leads? Um, <laughs> That's a question we've been asking for a long time, mate. I don't think I can answer that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super hard to... Uh, to, to uh, I'll just go back to what I said earlier. I'm super happy that we lost it going forward versus sitting back and just trying to absorb pressure where you, where you know the inevitable is coming, you know? Because yeah. uh, if we convert one of those two or three big chances we had at the end then the game is over and and i would have taken i i think it would be it would have it would have felt so much better i think to um i don't know i i guess just the the sense of relief you get if you hold on to a lead like that versus oh, the confidence the absolute yeah. joy you have when you just go and take it from someone like that when you just drive the ball into the net for the third or fourth goal and you just mm. and everybody kind of knows, you know. I think that's a completely different feeling than just the relief and exhale and you know, can we do it again? Whereas I think if we keep creating chances like that, they will go in. And so they, I'll they just say, I, 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 that's what I'll that's where I'll go with that. I don't know if that answers the question, but that's what that's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of holding on to leads, it's a very difficult arm form. I mean, as as Matt said, you know, it's good to go forward and press, and deservedly we should we should have won the game, but it it's all about mentality and character. If we can actually hold on, keep our heads, got to keep your composure at the back, um, keep the ball as much as you can. I think we didn't keep the ball as much. We could have kept it away from their players a bit more. But it's, yeah, for, for me, that question can't be answered in just a simple sentence. It is so much stuff going into it. But it was a good question, but let's hope we learn how to hold on to lead soon. It's ridiculous how many points we dropped. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump down to uh, the Patreon uh, Discord channel. Uh, Kevin McGee says, as a Christmas present, you're given any transfer you want. Who would you pick? His 10-year-old son, Sam, is desperate for money. Um, he says VVD. Uh, who would you bring in? Uh, past player, new player, who, who, would you, who would you have in? 
any transfer, obviously, obviously don't say like, oh, I want Messi. That's just dumb. Um, for me, I'd actually take Mane back. I think Sam's spot on with that. Liverpool's top goal scorer, you see the quality he's got. I, th- I think he's up there top top five best players of the world. Without a doubt, for me, Sadio Mane, especially at the moment on current form, I'd probably take him back. Obviously, that's stupid because we do need a centre-half. And if you're looking at centre-halves, then you look, look at Van Dijk. Uh, um, overall, yeah, I'd probably just take Mane. It's for pure, pure laughs and fun and whatnot. But realistically, we need a centre-back. So maybe someone like Nacho Fernandez is a good, good centre-back for, for um, Madrid. But yeah, okay. probably, probably Mane. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I have a hard time like with the imagined um, players coming in. Um, mm. I, my wife yells at me all the time. Like, I don't let the kids have any fun. It's just like, well, that's not happening. So why are we talking about it? Um, but yeah, I think if you bring back either one of those, they improve the team. I mean, they're just, they're just, they're just really good players, and they, they are good at their positions, and they would improve uh, all aspects of our team. Um, but I don't want Adam Lallana, so that's what I'll go with. No, Adam Lallana can stay where he is. That's, that's like a lump of coal in your stocking, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's being harsh, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> Rob says, do you think there's a realistic chance of Saints staying up? If so, what do you think Whoa. needs to change for it to happen? So, um, I mean, <laughs> re- I, I have been kind of on the brink of saying this is this is it. Like maybe we've tested it too many times and then and this is the one that's going to catch us. If we don't pick up wins against Norwich, Watford, the game, Newcastle, the game's coming up. If, we don't, if we're not out of the bottom three, by New Year, for me, we're, we're done. We are done. We are gone. We are, you know, we are just relegated. <laughs> and I'm yeah. kind of prepared because I thought it was going to happen last season. I thought it was going to happen 17, 18. I thought it was going to happen then. I was, I'm prepared for us to go down. But it, I, there's people throwing stuff around on Twitter. Oh, yeah, let's get, you know, let's get relegated. You know, it'll be a good chance to rebuild. No, no, no. It would be the worst thing. Half our players would leave. They're on ridiculous wages. We wouldn't get as much income coming into the club like we do in the Premier League. Everything from broadcasting rights to the actual position places um, that the Premier League give us for finishing in those places. Mm-hmm. Ralph would leave. Half his backroom staff would go. It would be abysmal and probably more chaotic than it is now. Um, but in chance of us staying up, we need points. And you say what would need to change for it to happen. We need to pick up points. It's that simple. We, I don't care how we get them. We need points. We're still on two wins. We're still on two wins. We need, I hope that to be five by New Year's, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. We just need wins. That's what we need. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have to find a way to get them. And it's, mm. you know, I don't know. I, as you, like you said, it doesn't really matter how it happens. It just needs to happen. Um, and you kind of touched on it there, but uh, Justin Woodward, one of the, another one of the patrons says, uh, would relegation be a good thing to clear out the Deadwood like Newcastle, or do you think it would go uh, horribly wrong like Sunderland? Uh, which of those two situations do you see is more likely if, if we go down? Sunderland. I, I hate to be a pessimist, but it's true. Definitely Sunderland. Because we've got, we've got players who we signed when we were in 16-17 season, 17-18, and we were like you know, around the mid-table mark. And you can, you can see that reflect in, in the wages that we pay for players. I think, I think we, we'd do a Sunderland. I'd Sunderland and Stoke, yeah, we'd we'd flop, and it would be. I don't see Sunderland getting anywhere near the Premier League anytime soon. 
I don't yeah. think I don't think we have the character that Newcastle have in terms of not only the fan base but in terms of the funds that they do have coming into the club. Yeah, I know Mike Ashley's a bit tight, but he's there when you need him. He's actually, you know, I'm sure we'll speak about the owner later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting there. Uh, Kevin also asked. He says, "I have a hundred dollars in my pocket. Will that be enough money for him to have a pint and a bite to eat at the Emirates today?" Um, no, everybody no, laughed and said no. no. But then he said he managed Definitely to find not. a four dollar four pound beer. So I don't know. You serious? Yeah. So it, he's gonna have to f- tell us where that yeah, happened. Yeah, you got you got to send me a link to that pub. Yeah. Um. So good. Good for him. I don't know if he ate though. He probably starving. Um. <laughs> but anyway, and also Kevin, you probably shouldn't tell a bunch of people you got hundred bucks, uh, hundred pounds laying around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, watch out, mate. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, we have some questions from Instagram. Do you see any there you would like to uh to answer? We have one. Uh, mm. about our opinion yeah. on, on the rumored RB Southampton, uh, I guess <laughs> yeah, oh my God. we talk about it a little bit, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I, I will say that uh, there's one question here. It says, why doesn't the club bring in any quality first team coaches to help Ralph? I think we, I talked about that last week with Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's more the most insight we're going to get. Um, so yeah, I don't think I'll be able to touch any more than Carl did. On yeah, that. So check that one out. I think that'll, that'll do it. Uh, Danny Ings, I think we're both we're pretty high on him in terms of yeah, how he's, he's been playing. He's all right, it's not too bad, definitely yeah. not. But he's right, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, what's your what's your opinion about South uh, oh. Southampton? And I don't know where this came from, uh, but it seems to be showing up. And I think it's I tend not to like want to give airtime to just just to blatant rumor, but I think this just boils down to you know we've been linked with Aaron Long, we have you know sent Josh uh, Sims on loan to New York, we have coaches who have been associated with, with uh, the RB brand and you know, we don't like the owner. So all of those things put together, you start making the connection, right? Like, like I don't, it's it's just, I think it's crazy. I don't know who came up with this, but um, would I be down for it? Would I, what's my opinion on it? I mean, in terms of changing our name, RB Southampton, I'm not too sure. Um, Obviously it would mean more funds into the club, a well-known brand. Uh, in terms of our style of play, we already play like an RB club. We already, well, I say we try to um, play like an RB club. We press high, we try and win the ball back in high areas, and we try and score as many as we can, which is obviously what Leipzig do. In terms of Aaron Long, I, uh, I've read a bit about him. I don't think an MLS player is what we need right now, but for four million, you can't really complain. Uh, in terms of that whole situation, obviously, if you follow me on Twitter, um, you'll see I am very shout out. 100%. I don't think you can be a Saints fan and not be Zhao out. I think he's the worst thing to happen to the club um, in a very long time. Uh, but yeah, I, if I'm honest, I'd be open to it. I think, why not? Just become an RB club. It would it would lead us to more links um, in terms of players we can bring in, in terms of pressing styles. And it will give us more, more of a brand. I think the only thing that RB wouldn't like about it is that Monster, our uh, official energy suppliers or something, official drink supplier. That, that is a change. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I mean, for me, I think that I don't, I'm not the most well versed in, I guess the the Bundesliga or or what what happened. But I know people aren't happy with how that club kind yeah. of came out of nowhere. Was is is they just money? Yeah, and and you take a club sure. that doesn't belong and you you pump a bunch of money into it, and make it something that it's it's kind of you know. I, I guess. I guess people are upset with that and, and not just because it's the money, but because of the way they went about it, I think. But mm, yeah, but, definitely. But that, that said, like 
you look at, I guess, what America has built on and, and you, you know, you take something and you pump a bunch of money into it and you make it good. Like that's what that, so like I have a lot of people who would be sitting, if I kind of just showed them the story of, of, uh, of Red Bull as a, or RB because they can't, they can't be Red Bull, uh, in the Bundesliga. But if I showed them that they would, they would mostly be okay with how it happened. Um, take just from a business perspective, you know, um, mm, from a, from a football kind of fan culture perspective, I totally understand the, that it's tainted goods. And uh, I saw Chris Rand earlier point out that, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't want that. He'd take relegation kind of, I think, uh, cool. o- over it, over, over being associated with that. So statement. Yeah. That's a very big statement. I mean, obviously um, I'm all for someone coming into the club and pumping money in. I'm all for that. hundred percent all for that. In terms of the ethics, obviously you want it to be, you know, good you don't want you don't want anything dodgy going around um because that, that would just bring shame to the club but in terms of the whole owner situation apparently shao has been trying to sell us for the last six months i haven't heard of anything about that uh since it got leaked but just get him out if, if rb come in now then it's clean money that they're putting into the club i'm all for it um but yeah, it's, I don't think there's enough out there for it to be legit. I mean, there's a few rumors, and I think Twitter's just absolutely ran with it yeah. and got too overhyped. Yeah, I think it, I think it kind of. I don't see it happening. I can see. I can see there was a guy I read the other day on Twitter again on Twitter. I'll say that again. Um, but there, before Zhao came in, there was a businessman from Southampton who was interested in to buying the club. Who's an actual Saints fan? I can't remember his name, um, but he he might be interested again. I'm not sure. But that would be fantastic if we had a homegrown owner mm-hmm. instead of a Chinese man uh, who doesn't even say anything about the club. But yeah, just um, if you want to see more Zhao out propaganda, go follow me on Twitter. They'll be posting a lot of it, that's for sure. Um, yes, I think that's the, that's the overall opinion. Yeah, uh, and this this kind of brings me to the last thing that I want to kind of bring up here is that, I mean, if we're looking for someone to keep the club honest, because uh, the club doesn't respond to us on Twitter. They don't, you know, they don't, yeah. inter- they, they, they're not, they're not answering my questions, you know, or I think anybody that emails them with, with questions about ownership or the club or anything. And you can see the occasional fan forums that happen. The, the, the guy uh, that for the most part, I think provides us with the most insight to the club um, through written, uh, you know, media yeah. is, is Adam Leach. And he, Adam he's gone now. I mean, the, the, this was his arsenal was his last match. And I think a big, big bummer. Yeah. I think, uh, super happy for him to be able to move on in his career and, and, and take on a new challenge and a new position elsewhere. But I think as a, I think a, the more gutting than, than the arsenal draw in the drop points is the fact that the guy who I think has done the best job of holding saints, um, up and make, making them answer the tough questions, even as much as he can. He can't do it all the time, but um, I, I think that that we are going to suffer going forward because of that. I think that, um, yeah, 100%. that especially given there are rumors now about potentially the sale of the club and things like that. And Adam was always very forthcoming and saying like, he's not interested in being the first one to tweet it or anything else but the information he's going to get is going to be right. And he can't publish everything all the time. But, um, I am, I, I severely hope that whoever comes in to replace him, if, if the daily echo chooses to replace him, that they can pick up the slack quickly, because I think that, you know, you and I were talking earlier, we, we subscribe to the athletic, uh, we, we pay uh, to, to read what Carl does, but Carl 
it gets uh, Carl's new to the to the job. The the athletic doesn't have a relationship with the club the way the Echo does, um, and and so it's going to take Carl a, a while to to kind of earn that trust and and be in there and stuff like that. So I am I am supremely worried about about what the club is going to be able to do now because essentially they are going to be choosing what stories get out um, through the Telegraph uh, for the most part, and that that is not what I want. I want somebody. Um, publishing quite frequently and and being able to to ask the, the tough questions and hold them accountable, uh, especially given that the owner doesn't speak, uh, that we don't, and and I think that's typical of football owners in general. But just the the idea that that they're going to be able to to just kind of decide on their own what goes out and what doesn't um, through written pieces each and every week is I think a, a huge blow. It's it's a real big shame. I mean, personally, Adam, thank you. Um, everything you've done um, in terms of getting the truth out, I mean, yeah, it's, you've been fantastic. And Matt's right; we are we are going to miss that an awful lot, especially in the turmoil we're in at the moment. Um, it, it's a shame because, as you said, Matt, for the club to be able to choose what they bring out instead of stuff getting leaked or someone actually pressing the questions, um, it's going to be a very tough time for Saints fans. And I can see our fan base getting a lot more toxic and a lot more agitated towards higher staff members of the club as well, which obviously in turn won't help uh, because of because of the lack of communication. Um, it's just modern-day football now. That's all it is. Um, you can't wait outside an owner's or a manager's house anymore and <laughs> demand for you know the goings-on at the club. You can't track down players. I have, a, um, I have a friend who works for... a family friend who works for Bristol... Um, I can't remember which, which newspaper it is now, but it's, it's one of the Bristol newspapers, which is a nearby city, and he covers Bristol City and Bristol Rovers. And he's a, he's a journalist. He writes for both those clubs. Um, and he said, mainly, it's the agents that leak stuff. Yeah. But obviously, who are they, they going to link it to now? You know, or what, what's going to happen with that? But it is going to be a very scary time because we're not going to have the same... Yeah, Carl's done. He's done a fantastic job. But, he, again, he hasn't been in the game for that long. It's going to be very, very hard for... Um, for fans to not hear about what's going on the truth as well there's going to be a lot of stuff especially around owners you know what people are just looking for some cheap views uh, on their newspaper it's going to be very very difficult for us but yeah, yeah we, we've just got to take everything with a pinch of salt until it's released officially by the club or by the athletic or yeah, or a trusted news source and sometimes I think that it people just think well it's, it's just you know, it's just sports journalism. Like it's not the same. And, and, but journalism plays a huge role in, in how societies work and how democracies run and things like that. And you look around the world at mm. places that get to control the media that comes in or out. And, and I don't want to live there. I don't want to be a part of that. And no, definitely not. And I don't want my football club to be that way either. So, um, that said, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, Obviously, it's going to have very little bearing on what the Southern Daily Echo do. They're in a tough spot as a as a regional newspaper or local newspaper. That's that's been an industry that's been under under siege for some time. So, um, they hopefully whoever is there will do the best job they can, and that's all we can ask. But um, we're going to need uh, someone to, to to hold the club accountable, and whether that's us and and as fans and how we do that, because I mean, there's a lot of fan podcasts and things like that, but. Um, Ultimately, you know, we are we're all feeding off of what the club is willing to release, and it's all how we interpret it and, and everything else. So, um, we'll just have to wait and see. But, I mean, I think I think we've done I think we've done it. I think this. Unless you have something else you want to you want to add, or do you have any kind of closing thoughts um, or, or anything like that? So, closing thoughts. Um, 
if we didn't pick up points soon, we're in trouble. Um, big, big, big trouble. I don't care if any if anyone's listening to this, like in terms of players, if people know players, tell them we don't care how you do it. <laughs> we don't care. Just get the points. Yeah. Just do it. Just put everything into it because that's all we can ask. Is if we put a hundred percent into this, like we did at the second half of last season, we'll be fine. If we don't get points in our in our upcoming games, and I mean a good amount, not a few draws, we're talking nine points, twelve points before the new year. We are we're ball back. We are yeah. We we yesterday's news. We're we're relegated, no doubt. Yeah. Well, hopefully by Christmas time yeah. we're having a, a slightly more positive conversation. Um, Let's hope so, definitely. But uh, Rob, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I think. Thank you very much. Is this number three for you? Um, yeah, number three, I think. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah. So well, thanks for being, thanks for being part of the of the of the show for as as long as you have been and and coming on and, um, yeah, I think I I, I appreciate it and and like I said before, like the the number of episodes doesn't happen unless people come on and are willing to to share their time and, uh, you know. You're, you're keeping a late night for me to, to be able to record this now. So I appreciate that. Um, no problem at all. Yeah. Uh, anytime, anytime, just, just give me a shout. But, um, yeah, on behalf of the silent community, thank you for, for running the podcast. It's a really good outlet for people to share their views. Um, and it, it, it's a really good listen as well. Okay. But to have people inside the club, outside the club, fans in general, uh, to come on the show, it, it gives us a, a really good chance. But yeah, congratulations on your 150 episode as well. I appreciate that very much, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Rob Maddox. You can find him on Twitter at James Lord Prowse and on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. Thank you so much for joining the show. And Tom, I want to apologize again for double booking the show. I can't believe uh, I made that mistake, but uh, I hope you understand. We'll get you on the show soon. I still feel terrible. And this is several days later. If you want to follow this show on social media and get in touch and let us know what you think you can do that we are at sfc d-e-l-l underscore i-v-e-r-y on both twitter and instagram we're also on facebook at facebook.com forward slash sfc delivery there is no underscore in the facebook address if you want to follow the show and listen and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes you can do that on itunes stitcher acast google play TuneIn radio or wherever you listen to podcasts there are a bunch of links and other things over at southhamptondelivery.com website that has links to all of that stuff and where you can sign up for the newsletter that comes out each and every Friday. The show would not be possible without you as a listener, without the guests that we have on, without the patrons of the show. And I just want to say thanks again to all of them. Once again, be on the lookout for a new episode coming to you later this week ahead of our match against Watford. Uh, Very much looking forward to doing that here in the next couple of hours. Look over the show is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. And the partner page of the show is the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, who you should follow for all of your Southampton FC news and needs. Music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Potty to Bear. We will be back next week with another show. We will continue this trend uh, as we work towards the Christmas period and hopefully start picking up some points. Um, Once again, thank you so much for listening. It really does mean a lot. And I look forward to the next 50 or 150 or 100 episodes uh, until my wife says no more. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. 
Uh, we'll talk to you next time. But until then, remember that together, we march on. Jack, try to keep it down. Can you hear him? Uh, just a tiny bit, yeah. Okay. 150 out the door. In the, in the garbage already. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.